Welcome to the January 18th episode of Enjoying the Bible Podcast. Hi, I'm Matt Ellis, and I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Polk City, Florida. And once again, I want this podcast to help you grow in your understanding of God's Word and your enjoyment of God's Word so that you can apply it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Today's reading is uh, just Old Testament. We're, uh, we don't have a New Testament reading today, and uh, you probably already knew this if you're following along in the version plan uh, that I'm using for this. Uh, but today's reading is Genesis chapter 43 through 45. That's Genesis 43, 44, and 45. I hope you're ready. Let's get going. All right, so as we come to Genesis 43, I do not want to recount the story for you. Uh, I'm assuming that you're reading the scripture for yourself. It's an easy to follow. In fact, it's an enjoyable story to follow. So I don't want to merely recount that for you. What I do want to do is just highlight one verse in this chapter and bring out a, a point. And that's this. Look at verse 14 in Genesis 43, 14. Listen as Jacob is uh, speaking to his sons. He says this, May God Almighty, so he acknowledges the Lord, may God Almighty cause the man to be merciful to you. And he's talking about um, this man that he doesn't realize is his son Joseph. But he says, May God Almighty cause the man to be merciful to you so that he will release your other brother and Benjamin to you. Now listen to this. Jacob says, As for me... If I'm deprived of my sons, then I am deprived. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that we see quite often in this story, if we're looking at it, you know, the spotlight is on Joseph. And in fact, I wonder if God, through Moses, was putting Joseph and Jacob in juxtaposition. What I mean by that is he was putting them side by side so we could compare them. Both of them had difficulties in their life. Both of them had experienced tragedy. Uh, in in Jacob's uh, experience, he had been he he had caused his own trouble with his brother Esau and had run away from home. And in those twenty years, was was being mistreated by Laban, uh, who is was his is his father-in-law. And then you know he came back and he lost Rachel in childbirth and. Uh, he's, he just seems like he's allowing problem after problem after problem to just weigh on his shoulders. And he's got a list. He's, he's got that list and he's checking it twice. And what it's doing in Jacob's heart is it's allowing him to become pitiful. It's allowing him to become someone who's a pessimist. And, he feels, and, and you feel sorry for him because he just acts helpless. Once again, in verse 14, as for me, if I'm deprived of my sons, then I'm deprived. And I mean, we haven't yet got to the conversation that he's going to have with Pharaoh when once again he's demonstrating that he's a pitiful old man. Friend, one of the things I just want to encourage you to do is to not be like Jacob. Jacob is, uh, you know, someone that is so integral to the people of Israel. He is the one. He is the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. He had the 12 sons. They became the 12 tribes. Actually, with Joseph, uh, Joseph had Ephraim and Manasseh. That would become two of the 12 tribes. But um, when we look at Jacob, 
we see somebody who allowed difficulties just to mount up and he kept a running list and he um, just felt as if life was overwhelming, overbearing, and he retreated. He retreated into self-pity. Friend, don't be like that. Life is hard. Life is unjust. And, and one of the things that we see is, is Jacob's life is being presented alongside Joseph. And Joseph had some wrongs that happened. And his wrongs um, were really beginning to be experienced. And the injustice of his brothers wanting to kill him and throwing him into a pit and then selling him into slavery and then going into Potiphar's house where he was falsely accused of trying to take advantage of herself and so he ends up in prison unjustly, wrongly accused of something. And then he shares the, the, the interpretation of dreams with the baker, the chief baker and the chief cupbearer. And uh, the, the cupbearer forgets about him and forgets about him for two more years there in prison. And so all of this injustice has happened to Joseph. Joseph could very well have become pitiful like his dad. Joseph could have very easily kept a running list of all of the bad things that had happened to him and just become someone who was pitiful and pessimistic and bitter. But Joseph wasn't. He wasn't. We see that in this story. Friend, I want you to see Joseph as the example to follow that while Jacob, in verse 14 of Genesis 43, acknowledged God but still became pitiful, Joseph, we're going to see, acknowledged God, but Joseph came out better. Not bitter, he came out better. And it's not just because things turned out well for Joseph. We're going to see that in, in uh, the next couple of chapters. But I just want you to see this. In this chapter, don't become like Jacob. Ask the Lord to give you the right perspective to see that God is actively involved in your life. If you were saved, you are a child of the God who created all things, that the King of all kings is your elder brother. And God has promised to work everything out for good. God is overseeing events. And we can rejoice, as James said, even in trials, knowing that the God who is overall is working out difficulties, working out those trials to create in us godly character and persistence and patience and endurance, um, all sorts of wonderful things to make us strong. So yes, acknowledge God. But in acknowledging God, let it move you to become somebody that's better and not bitter. Well, as we come to Genesis 44, um, we see Joseph making, continuing to make life difficult for his brothers. And we may be tempted to think that Joseph is taking out his anger on them for the injustice that they had done to him. I do not believe that that's the case. I do not believe that Joseph settled into bitterness. We see how he responded, and we don't see bitterness and anger. We don't see him being vindictive. What I believe is going on and is concluded in Genesis 44 is he's putting his brothers to the test. Essentially, he wants to know if his brothers that sold him into slavery seven, uh, actually 20 years earlier, if they're still capable of doing the same thing. Have they changed? That's what he's doing. That's why he put the money and his silver cup 
in Benjamin's sack. This is what it's all about. He put it in Benjamin's sack, the youngest brother, the one who Joseph had not only the same father, uh, you know, he's, they, the two of them, Benjamin and Joseph, not only have the same father, Jacob, but they have the same mother. She's deceased now, but the same mother, Rachel. And so Joseph is a full-blooded brother with Benjamin, and he wants to see what they will do when the opportunity arises for them to cut and run and leave another brother. Will they do it? Will they let him go off into slavery? Will they let him go off into slavery as they sold Joseph into slavery? Or will they step in as brothers and demonstrate that their hearts have changed? And what he sees in the brothers' response in verses 14 through 17 is that they had changed. They weren't going to let Benjamin be sold into slavery. And what we see in verses 18 through 34 is that Judah stands up and he himself speaks on behalf of the brothers. And he himself, in verses 33 and 34, volunteers to be sold into slavery. He volunteers to be the slave if only Benjamin will be let go. You know what Joseph was looking for? He was looking to see if they were capable of doing what they had done to him 20 years earlier. And by the end of chapter 44, Joseph realizes they've passed the test. <laughs> they're, they're not who they once were. And in fact, even as we see Judah standing up and speaking on behalf, we realize with greater clarity, because we understand more than Joseph understood, we understand that Judah is the father of the tribe of which we now understand the phrase, the lion of the tribe of Judah, right? Judah is the one through whom the Messiah is going to come, and it's appropriate that Judah rises up, and he is the one who speaks on behalf of his brothers. He's the one that takes the leadership, because he's the one that's going to father the tribe that Jesus is going to come from. Okay, so let's come to the last chapter that we're going to look at this morning. And I want to pick up where I left off two chapters ago in Genesis 43. We were talking in Genesis 43 about Jacob and his heart and how he acknowledged that there was a God who was watching over all things, but he did not have such a view of God that protected his heart. His view of God, his distorted view of God, allowed him to be weighted down with the difficulties of life, and he kept a running list, and he just became a pitiful old man. Well, what we see in Genesis 45 is we see someone who had also experienced difficulties. In Joseph's case, he had experienced injustices, as I pointed out just a few moments ago. But what we see going on in Joseph's life is that his view of God allowed him not to become bitter, but better. And in fact, we look at uh, in Genesis 45, look at verse 5. Listen to him uh, speak to his brothers as he now has revealed his identity or is revealing his identity to his brothers. Listen to verse 5 and how his view of God allowed him to have a heart that, uh, that was healthy. 
Look at, listen to verse 5. And now, Joseph says, don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here. So he acknowledges their actions. He acknowledges that it was evil. I mean, he didn't say it was evil, but everybody knows it was. They sold their brother into slavery. He didn't have to say it was evil for everybody in the room to know it was. So he acknowledges the bad thing. But listen to what else he says. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here. Here it is. Because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. See, he sees God working in the background. Even with the evil that took place, he saw that God used that evil and brought something good out of it. Listen to verses 7 through 9, even as he continues to talk. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Return quickly to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me the lord of all Egypt. Come down to be with me without delay. And so what we hear in Joseph's words is that his view of God, his understanding of God, was that God is so in control that he works good things out of bad. And we understand that because we know of Romans 8.28, for God works all things out for the good of those that love him, those that are the called according to his purpose. And some may say, oh yeah, well of course it's easy to be for Joseph to be okay with this because after all, he's second in command of all of Egypt. He's the second most powerful man in the whole world at this time. Of course, he can, uh, you know, has the luxury of not being bitter but better. But friend, I'm telling you that you know in your own experience, I know in my own experience, we've also seen it at others, that even though life can turn out good for someone, if they're holding on to injustice or holding on to problems in the past, that those, that that holding on to those difficulties will cloud even the good things so they're not able to enjoy the good things. Or, even though someone is now in a better position, Whenever they see the one who mistreated them years ago with their actions or their words, that their heart will race. And even though maybe they can look at it like Joseph and see how the actions against them, the evil, the wrong, the sin, the hurt, whatever it was, how those actions made them who they are, and they are a much better person as a result, they still are capable of holding animosity toward that one who did such a thing to them. So just because life turns out good doesn't mean that we're okay and we can put the bad things in the past into perspective. And so I don't want us to write this off with Joseph and say, oh yeah, he has the luxury of being okay with this because he's second in control, second in, you know, um, he's the second most uh, powerful man in the whole world at this point. Because I'm telling you, we know in our own experience that even though things go well, we can still be angry at the things that the bad things that happened in the past, maybe even that helped us to get to this good place. So I want you to see that as Joseph, um, as Joseph is recounting this, he is showing us how it is we can be okay, even with injustice, even with evil.
What we need to do is we need to realize that our God loves us and he is in control and he is working things out for good. Now, we may never be like Joseph and see how the bad things that in the past worked out for the good. We may not see that, but friend, that's where faith comes in. That's where we trust God that he is going to work or maybe he is working things out for the good. We just can't see it but we trust him. One other thing I want you to see is as uh, you know, Jacob is preparing to leave, he has been told by his sons and now he believes that his son Joseph really is alive. He did not die by a wild animal 20 years ago. Uh, we see in verse 28, then Israel said, enough, my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die, before I die. What we know of Jacob leads, I mean, this seems like maybe a benign statement, but from what we know of Jacob, we're led to believe that this man may have been talking about dying quite a bit. He's just ready for life to be over with. He's not really looking forward to being with the Lord necessarily. He just wants everything to be over with because life has been such a pain, such a grief. He's not been able to reconcile. He's not been able to fully rest in God's care for him. And I want you to know that according to Genesis chapter 47, verse 28, Jacob lived 17 more years in Egypt. And yet, when we're going to look at Jacob's words to Pharaoh, he's going to be talking about death once again. <laughs> Don't be like Jacob. Be like Joseph. Trust in God. Have a right view of God and let that right view of God play out in very real ways as you live in a life where you are going to be hurt, you are going to experience injustice, but your right view of God will enable you to be okay with it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you and uh, even as we've looked at these three chapters this morning, um, it is so clear that Joseph... Um, had bad things happen to him. Jacob had bad things happen to him. And yet both of them responded very differently. Lord, it's so easy in our life where bad things are going to happen to us. And we will do bad things, sometimes purposely and sometimes accidentally to others. It's just going to happen. We live in a broken world. But Lord, I pray that as to our part, I pray that when we consider the bad things that have happened, that we by faith would look to you and realize that you love us and nothing can happen to us without coming through your hands to get to us. And you have promised that you were going to work everything. That includes the bad things, especially the bad things. You're going to work them out for our good because we love you and we are called according to your purpose. Lord Jesus, you get no glory from your followers who walk around pessimistic and pitiful. And while we talk about a powerful God, we act as if you are not. Help us, Lord, to act in a way that's consistent with right belief so that others would see that there truly is blessings to be connected with someone who is following you and trusting you, regardless of what happens in our life. Lord Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. 
Well, I hope you've enjoyed our time together as we've spent time looking at Genesis 43, 44, and 45 today, and uh, hope that this is being a blessing to you, that you are growing in your knowledge of God's Word and your enjoyment of it, but not just so that you can fill your head, but so that you can put it into practice and live obedient so that God is free to bless you however He chooses to do that. I've enjoyed spending this time with you and looking forward to being with you again tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.